1: Your daily Cincinnati Bengals Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Joe Burrow, in fact, played in the preseason James, and it was exactly what I expected it would be. That's where we're gonna start the show. I'm your host, Jake Lisco. He's your host, James Rapine. This is a Locked On Bengals Podcast, your only place to get daily updates on your Cincinnati Bengals, and blissfully, the preseason has come to an end. Zach Taylor apparently told Greg Gumbel before the game there were going to be three snaps, and exactly three snaps for Joe Burrow, and that's exactly what it was. We had the ball get out of his hand, I think, as fast as is humanly possible on his first snap on a jet sweep give to Tyler Boyd. The second play, a little jailbreak screen to Jamar Chase, and more on that in a minute. The third play, a wide zone, Joe Mixon going off of right tackle, the right side, Riley reef gets blown up a little bit on the play does Reef and Mixon has to cut it back. But the over-under that we discussed, James, looks like one and a half yards would have been a more appropriate over-under as the target was indeed behind the line of scrimmage. And, well, unfortunately, Jamar dropped it. But, again, for me, this is exactly what I expected to see for Joe Burrow There was no risk at all of him getting hurt. And after you listen to him talk after the practice, you listen to Taylor talk about what they were going to do. They're going to be, quote, unquote, smart about it. This shouldn't surprise anyone.
0: No, not surprising at all. I thought that there was a chance, right? You'd see maybe a slant or something. But no, you didn't see it. And I understand it. But what this was about, what Sunday was about, had really nothing to do with getting, in my opinion, getting Joe Burrow mentally ready to play in a pocket. It was all about the emotion that comes with putting the jersey on and going out there in front of the fans and all of that stuff. And uh, that was pretty much it, because I don't think there's a ton of value in what he did, honestly. I don't think it's like he he comes from it and he's like, oh, man, well, I've checked this box. Well, yeah, you've checked the box of putting on the new stripes and actually playing in a game that was a game. But, uh, you know, the three plays were the three plays. So, but to your point, yeah, you called it. And I was a little off on it. I thought there was a chance we'd see something a little different. But to be honest, maybe Zach was right because that was about as chaotic of a three plays given that was the script as it could have been. I mean, it was not clean. It was not fun. And uh, obviously it was uh, a three and out. By the way, if they would have gotten a first down, Zach said, I would have called timeout and pulled them. I don't know if that's true. But uh, I think I believe it, because why would you leave him in there if you weren't going to put him in for a second drive?
1: I would 100 percent believe that that was the case. I I mean, he said he would have pulled the entire starting lineup. The plan was to get them the three plays and T Higgins didn't play today. He had a little bit of back tightness, nothing to be concerned about, says Taylor, says he would have played if it was a regular season game. But it sounds like the plan was, hey, you're going to run these three plays, you're going to get out of there. there's no chance at all of Joe Burrow getting hurt on these plays. In fact, Joe Burrow said after the game, if anything goes haywire and something did go haywire about as haywire as it could, according to Zach Taylor, uh, he was instructed, get away, go in the other direction, get away from all the players, get away from the ball, ignore all of your football instincts. And uh, Burrow to his credit did a pretty good job of that. He did not go chase after that ball when there was maybe some question as to whether it was a forward pass or not. Riley Reef did go after the ball and was called for a late hit penalty. And I get where Riley was coming from, but the whistles were going. And uh, I guess, you know, you need to listen to those whistles if you're Riley Reef and not hit the guy who thinks that he has a live ball and is running toward your end zone. Tough play for Riley Reef. I don't fault him too much for for that penalty, but when you talk about things going wrong and you know the the script kind of going up in flames or not surviving contact with the enemy. The plan not surviving contact with the enemy really didn't survive contact with, well, yourself with Jamar Chase having another drop. And I can't believe we're talking about this again, James. Uh, four targets, okay. row, four drops, and I mean another. This one stone cold drop. I mean it's a it's a jailbreak screen like Zach Taylor said after the game. The ball hits well, goes through Jamar Chase's hands, bounces off his chest piece bounces off his arms, gets popped in the air ends up falling incomplete, but another pure concentration drop. He's trying to move before he has the ball in his hands, or, you know, there's a number of fans that think he's, uh, he's shying away from contact a little bit. He's hearing footsteps. I I think it's more that, you know, he's got to get his his mind, right. I think he's trying to do too much. I think he's got to slow it down and, and, you know, one step at a time, catch the ball, then deal with it. But here's the thing, James, I still don't care. Like, Yes, it's bad optics. Yes, he should catch the football. But let's see what happens when he runs a full route tree in a full game. And it's not like, oh, you, you, you missed a three-yard dig. You missed a 10-yard dig. You missed a slant. You missed a bubble screen. Let's see what happens vertically. Let's see what happens when he starts working those comebacks and a, a wider variety of plays and gets in a game flow a little bit. And then, you know, if he has three drops in two weeks, then sure, be be alarmed, be concerned. But, I mean, it's preseason and so little carries over, but it's fair to say that he's got a case of the dropsies right now that needs to be fixed.
0: For sure. There's no doubt about it. I I don't think Jamar Chase is worried about the hits, to be honest with you. The, The drop issue started in minicamp, rookie minicamp. Guess who was getting hit in rookie minicamp? I was taking bigger hits than Jamar Chase in rookie minicamp. And, and that was because I was, you know, standing there in the rain or whatever the case may be in the stands trying to, to get clips and, and video. of them, Right. I, so I don't think it's that. And he's bigger than most of these corners anyway. You know, he's built like a safety or a running back or something. So I, I don't think it's that I think it is what you said. It's a concentration thing. And it's a, to me, he was, his hands were o- almost too wide and then he, he went in to catch it and the ball was already on his chest. And it was because he was trying to – not worried about the hit coming. He's trying to score. What do we know about Jamar Chase? Yak. He wants all the yak. And even that, that screen he caught against Tampa Bay, he's like, I should have taken that down to the two-yard line or scored a touchdown. And, it, you know, it was a 16-yard game, and there were two guys that tackled him. He's trying to break every tackle and get past every person. And he knew there was a guy that was going to be bearing down on him, so he wanted to move and get and run through it. And it didn't happen and the, the the crappy part is is this is a narrative now and we're going to see and it was last week and it wasn't really going to shy away if he had caught that pass i think people would still talk about it some but we're going to see how mentally tough he is over the next few weeks because once he's going up in you know a real nfl game where it matters where it counts when and you know, i'm at paul brown stadium right now if you're watching on youtube but right here is the the field where the stands are going to be completely full how does he react if he does he drops that first pass? Does he recover from it? Because he's not getting pulled two weeks from now. He's going to stay in there, and that's it. And they're going to go back to him. And Joe Burrow, after the game, was like, look, I'm not concerned about him at all. He's going to be ready to go week one. I know what he can do. He was asked about what they were talking about on the sideline because they were both sitting next to each other. And he's like, not the drop. <laughs> Football and other stuff, and he would didn't give us exactly what they were talking about, but it does not seem like Joe Burrow is concerned. But at some point, you got to catch the ball, and it's four drops in a row, so it's uh, it, it'll be good to see him catch some passes against the Minnesota Vikings.
1: Yeah, I can't wait until we we can forget about all of this. And they made they tried. Paul Danner tweeted this. They tried to make it as easy as possible for Jamar Chase to have a confidence building catch. And well, if you don't drop. Or If you don't catch the confidence builder, then, then it's a bit of an issue. James, let me ask you this. Would you have left Jamar Chase in the game and try to get him a couple more targets after that play? The, the plan, clearly, to get all the starters out. A lot of people, a lot of fans on Twitter, and I think I agree with this, would have left him in and, and seen if he could get a couple more targets. On the other hand, he probably wasn't prepared to continue to play in the game, and so that's probably why he comes out.
0: Probably. Uh, I wouldn't have given the offense three plays. They would have played more. Uh, that's what I would have done. Burrow would have played more. The offensive line would have played more. Mixon would have played more. Chase would have played more. All of them. Um, Higgins, I get it. If he's dealing with a little something, all right, fine, you don't play him. But that's what I would have done. It, it, definitely another series after how chaotic and weird that series was. Just not what you want. Does it matter? Not really man, it, it is good to get something going, right? And so that's, that's unrealistic. So to answer your question, would I have left Jamar in? No, because he knew the starting offense was only supposed to go three plays. Yeah. And so if it's like, oh, damn, coach is leaving me in now because I dropped a pass. Well, now it might become mental. Everyone just assumes it is now. I don't know if it's that. I think it might just be a concentration thing where he's just kind of like, oh, you know? Because again, it, it dates back months now. And when he is focused it seems like he is the guy that we saw at lsu and you just want to get that and that consistency down which is something taylor's talking about so yeah i i I wouldn't have left him in i get why people are saying he needs reps he's getting thousands of reps in practice i mean literally so the plan was three plays then then that's the plan but i would my plan wouldn't have been three plays for the entire offense i would have played all of them including burrow
1: joe burrow did however get to call those plays in the huddle he got to feel the rush i guess of the nfl game and Got to take some snaps ahead of week one. The rest of the offense and the rest of the team did play, well, the whole football game after Joe Burrow went out for his ceremonial snaps. And we'll talk about the offense next. And Evan McPherson, who, I mean, he looks like a real good kicker. That's next.
0: North one is better banking for small business owners. Serving small business owners is all they do North One allows you to manage your money from anywhere, whether you're at home or on the go. And like me, I'm on the go a lot. Everything you need to manage your business finances is at your fingertips. Never step foot at a branch again. In addition to the features you'd expect, like mobile check deposit, cash withdrawals, the ability to send and receive ACH and wire payments. North One is an FDIC insured account that can save you both time and money. With North One, you're never gonna pay an overdraft or NFC. NSF fees. Again, it's going to save you hundreds of dollars per month. So get started right now by going to apply.northone.com slash locked. Again, apply.northone.com slash locked. That's a p p l y . n o r t h o n e . c o m dot com slash locked. North One, business banking made for America.
1: Football season's back, and Bet Online is still the number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all of the real time updated odds, all the props, all the contests, including Online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at Bet Online. Right now, you can get a 100% welcome bonus when you sign up at betonline.ag using promo code On, They've also got an opening day super promo going on. You'll get your bet refunded up to $25 if you lose when you use promo code NFL100 to bet on the season opener between the Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Again, promo code On when you sign up at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. James, Evan McPherson kicked a field goal from 57 yards, and it answered, well, uh, a lot of Bengals fans' hopes and dreams, I think, for this preseason. I happened to almost predict it to the yard marker, James. I don't know if you saw the tweet, but I said, how much fun would it be if Evan McPherson, you know, get, a, get it down to let him kick a 55-yarder <laughs> as time expires going into the half, and it ends up being 57. I-
0: so, man, this is the, you should have used the little bet online before the game because you predicted the, the plays that Burrow was basically going to run. You predict that the, the field goal, Evan McPherson almost kicked. Here's the crazy part about that 57 yard kick. I feel like it would have been good from like 65. Like it was booming. Like am my crazy, you had the TV angle. I was yeah. watching it here. It looked like it hit the net. I mean, it, so it looked, it, it went far past, you know, what it needed to.
1: It had the distance probably from. High sixties. I would say it hit pretty high up on the net and he didn't put much loft on it. So it's not like it was like falling very quickly. Some of his previous kicks that have hit the net, you know, the, the, the arc of a kick, if it goes really high, it'll start to drop. And then it's not going as far, you know, this way it's, it's just dropping at that point, but this one did not arc as high. So this one was more of a, of a straight shot. It hit its apex pretty close to crossing the field goal post, The thing that would have gotten it is it was hooking left. So it started outside the right upright and then came back left. There was apparently some wind down at that end of the stadium, according to one person who replied to my tweet about it. I think it would have been good from at least 60. And it might have been like 63, but it was hooking. And that was the thing. So it was just a question of at what point would it have hooked too far left to be outside that left upright? But he got a lot. Of that football and like if you needed to if you if you get down to like the 50 yard line and time is expiring at halftime just send evan mcpherson out there i would i would give him a decent chance at hitting like a 63 yard field goal sure yeah
0: and, and how much of a weapon is that like that's insane like even if you're hitting on those like the 60 yard range half the time that's a huge weapon to just have because it can change it can change what you're doing as a play caller, right, is that you take a downfield shot instead of getting the you know, the 8 to 10 yards you need to get into field goal range, different things like that. But uh, I just got to say one thing, Jake, and, and I know plenty of Locked On Bengals listeners are on board with this. My guy, Money Mick. Mm. Money Mick, baby. Woo! <laughs> hey, it's catchy. I was I mean, getting tweets and mentions. I know you were too. Money Mick. Is automatic.
1: Have you run this by your fellow beat writers?
0: I, no, I, I don't worry about them. I don't, I'm not worried about them. Or you, Money Mick, it's taken over, man. I just the need red, somebody. People called Andy Dalton the Red Rifle, and he never even had a strong arm. We can call Evan McPherson, who has been Money all camp, all preseason, who's got a booming leg. Money Mick. I think it's it's only fitting that we call him Money Mick.
1: I just think somebody needs to check you in person. I can only try to discourage you so much from my West Coast. <laughs> okay, let's talk about this offense. Evan McPherson, fantastic kicker, has absolutely won the job, as we've said consistently throughout training camp, yeah. if there was ever a competition in the first place. And uh, we'll I see what like kind it. of trade they can stir up for Austin Seibert, if any. He might be practice squad destined. He might get claimed. We'll We'll see what happens there. The offense today looked a lot better. I thought Brandon Allen had some really nice throws early, particularly that touchdown to Chris Evans, uh, an, a dot, a, a perfect pass on a slot fade, and that was a really nice route as well. He, I think, drew a linebacker in coverage, did Chris Evans. Uh, safety tried to get over there, over the top, didn't quite get there in time, and a good catch, a, a great throw. There was also a really good throw to Trent Irwin. From Brandon Allen and uh, even Kyle Shermer, who started, I thought, really rocky. He looked panicked and and had crazy happy feet going in the pocket, seemed to settle in and made some really nice throws as well. And you could tell there was a concerted effort to get Thaddeus Moss involved, nine targets. Trent Taylor involved six targets and a, a good spread of carries for Travion Williams and Jacquez Patrick, who had very similar stat lines at the end of the game.
0: Absolutely. I I was uh, impressed with how Allen was able to bounce back a bit. And that throw, I'm just glad people are seeing Chris Evans the way I've seen Chris Evans from really day one of rookie minicamp because the dude is a freaking baller. And uh, I would not be shocked at all if he's making plays for this team in the regular season, certainly a lock to to make this roster. But uh, it was good to see Allen bounce back, like you said. But to me, it was interesting, the Fad Moss part of it. So five receptions, 44 yards, and was really like the guy Kyle Shermer trusted. You, you mentioned the nine targets. There were a couple of those targets that, right at the end of the game where Moss was covered. And I don't know what the hell Shermer was looking at, to be honest with you, because Trent Taylor was streaking open a couple of times and instead uh, he threw it to Moss. And I think it's just like the trust factor or something. I don't know what it was, but uh, yeah, he was he was looking Moss's way. So clearly there's... There's some trust there. But it was good to see him kind of show off what he could do in the passing game. I don't think we really question that, though. Like, we know he's not, like, this super dynamic guy. But we know he's got reliable hands. And one thing that uh, Burrow said after the game about Moss, because I asked him, he said he expects him to be a big part of the team this year. So I I, I know Burrow isn't making the roster decisions, but uh, there is a roster battle for that third tight end spot. But uh, it looks like he just gave Moss his stamp of approval.
1: Yeah, as you would expect, right? They're very close friends. It was unfortunate that Mitchell Wilcox suffered a concussion early in this one on a fantastic 21-yard catch in the seam. He looked very athletic on that play. He looked dynamic as a receiver. Uh, You expect, I would say at this point, he'll probably head to the practice squad. Uh, I I doubt that another team jumps there, but I I would agree with you that uh, I, I think Moss is probably the third tight end right now. and. I'm not super confident in Thaddeus Moss as a third tight end, but you know, I think it's okay considering, you know, what, what he does reliably. Well, it's just, he's undersized and that really shows up as a run blocker. I think where he gets thrown around sometimes. And so we'll, we'll see what happens there. We'll get into our 53 man takeaways and our projections tomorrow. We don't have time to do it now, but I would say stock up for Trent Irwin stock up for Thaddeus Moss on offense. and, Jackson Carmen, I think, also played a pretty good game, but I didn't have enough time to to watch the offensive line as closely as I would like. So that will come on rewatch. Coming up next, James, let's get into this defense where some more injuries may be testing them on the edge and Darius Hodge might have found his way onto this roster. That's coming up next.
0: Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I wanna tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and it's a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes like AJ Green back in the day. No need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter, get rid of the confusion, and get together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package.
1: This episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast is also brought to you by Bilt Bar and those nine delicious flavors that are James Rapine's favorite thing in the world as he pats his bicep on the YouTube copy of this podcast. If you don't know the flavors, you're missing out on coconut, coconut, almond, which literally tastes like an almond joy, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate and salted caramel. There is something for everyone, even the limited time flavors like my favorite Coconut, brownie, almond, it's delicious. Not only are they great tasting, they're healthy too with tons of protein, 17 grams of protein in most of the flavors on only 130 calories and four grams of sugar. I'm not sure where you're beating that. So go check it out right now at builtbar.com. Use promo code lock 15 You'll save 15% on your first order. Again, that's promo code lock 15 for 15% off at builtbar.com James was there anything else you wanted to hit on this offense before we shifted the defense we were a little bit short there I think we hit on the high notes with some of the receivers uh Scotty Washington had a touchdown in the back of the end zone he'll probably be heading to the practice squad I think there's a, a still difficult choice between Taylor Irwin and potentially to some degree uh Stanley Morgan but um Did you think, you know, Travion Williams make it interesting? Do you think there's a chance they keep four running backs or is it just too early to tell them we'll talk about it tomorrow?
0: I think that Williams is on the outside looking in and did Patrick do enough? That's where I'm at. Because to me, it's very clear the top three running backs and you could use P Ryan as that bruiser. So does Patrick do enough on special teams and or as a back, knowing what you have in front of him? Or do you look around and say, "Hey, are there any running back needy teams that need a bruiser?" You know, or, or do we try to sneak him on the onto the practice squad? I think Trevion Williams is a perfect practice squad candidate, right? Um, right. You mentioned it with Scotty Washington. I think he's a, a great practice squad candidate. Someone like Trent Norwin, not so much, because I think he's shown a decent amount in these preseason games, reliable that he's going to take the big hit. You know, it's not he's not done a ton as you walk back, but he's flashed a little bit, like. I think you can sneak him onto the practice squad. I think you could do that with Trent Taylor, but will you be able to? And so that's that's part of it. When we get into these roster debates, is who can you sneak? Who do you? Or who are you confident will clear waivers? And who might get plucked?
1: We'll, we'll talk about this tomorrow. But as you were saying that, and I started to have doubts about Trent and Irwin. Do we? Are we sure they keep six receivers? Like these guys haven't. Blown me away. They've been solid. They, you know, Trent Nerwin has been very reliable catching the football. Trent Taylor showed why they like him in the slot today. We, we talked a lot about Stanley Morgan's special team prowess, and he was pretty good as a receiver today, too, get, albeit against, you know, very deep roster players for Miami. I kind of wonder if any of them have actually done enough to make them want to keep six receivers. Maybe that's where they find an extra roster spot at first, and you then they, they bring somebody. Five? I think it's. That's crazy, isn't it? That's kind of crazy.
0: It feels crazy. Five feels a little crazy. Um, But to your point, and this is, this is why you're saying it, I think is because the talent level, no one's like said, I'm clearly the sixth best guy. Right. I I think it's, I I honestly, I flipped. Uh, I, I thought it was Taylor. I think it's probably Irwin if I had to guess today.
1: And I've been my on dear. Irwin, I think, you know, since last week. But but here's what I'm thinking with the five is like it's initially five and then they get a guy up by week one. They cut down to fifty-three on Tuesday by four PM and then there's, you know, almost two weeks before week one. That that's kind of what I'm thinking is, you know, they, they let them all go. They see what happens, and then they're comfortable enough with their options that they can bring a guy back if they feel like they need to get somebody else onto the fifty-three at first. That that that's my thought process there. But again, we'll talk about this much more tomorrow. Let's go defense James. And I want to start with Khaled Kareem because he was fantastic in limited time, especially on his first series where he had a pressure right away. He has a sack. He, he, uh, you know, generally looks like a starting defensive lineman playing or, or, you know, at least a rotational defensive lineman playing against backups because that's what he is. Everybody forgot that he was a solid player last year when everybody was like, oh, why are you keeping Khalid Kareem over? I don't know, uh, Darius Hodge or, or Noah Spence. And it sounds like Khalid Kareem might have an injury. We're not sure about any of the specifics. Zach Taylor said in his post game that he might be hurt. And a few fans at the game tweeted at me in my replies because I was listening to the Taylor press conference. And I said, oh, maybe why we saw Kareem only for two drives is because he got hurt. And I went back and watched and there's one play uh, before his last play. He actually played three plays after this where he ends up on the bottom of the of a pile below Ronell running a running back. He takes a lot of uh, impact on his right shoulder. And some of the fans of the game saw him in the blue tent. Apparently Dave Lapham said he was in the blue tent on the radio broadcast. And the guy that said he saw him in the blue tent at the game said they were working on his right arm from shoulder to wrist. So not really sure what's happened there. But Taylor did say that he might be hurt. And that was very surprising to me. I thought he was just done because he was making the team. And they wanted to see more from Sample and Spence. And from uh, Darius Hodge, who's also probably now making the team by the way, but we'll have to watch what happens there. And as far as I know, nobody nobody saw this. It wasn't mentioned on the telecast and I, I haven't seen any reports on what might've happened there yet. No,
0: I, I don't know either. And, and that's the sad part. I mean, hell, he he gets the sack and you're like, all right, it's burrow time. And, and you start you know, revving up for that and you just don't remember him after that. Um, I I agree with you. I think Darius Hodge makes it. Khalid Kareem, hopefully it's nothing serious. Because I do think he was going to play a a role, like you've mentioned. I think he's going to play a role. I think he reminded people that he was a solid player, like you said. And, And that's kind of the thing now. You look at this room. Let's just be positive for a second with Kareem. Okay, so he makes it. Hodge makes it. Is Noah Spence a practice squad guy? Because I thought he had some decent pass rushes. He had the, the penalty, which was dumb and, uh, you know, with the horse collar it just unnecessary, but you know, outside of that, I thought he looked pretty good. I mean, it's his first game for the Bengals and I get it. You're just rushing and you know, whatever you need to perform, but I, I thought he was okay.
1: Yeah. Darius Hodge was a better player between the two of them today. In my opinion, he had a couple of run stops They had similar pressures and both of them had a hard time turning the corner, disengaging from blocks when they tried to run the arc. Uh, both of them missed a, missed a sack on the, the last Dolphins touchdown, that Hail Mary of a play that was a ridiculous catch, quite frankly, for 85 on the Dolphins, whose name was hard to pronounce, I remember, and I don't remember what it is. But I, I thought that he didn't really do enough. I think that he is a prime practice squad candidate. I think he's behind some of these other guys. And Darius Hodge was, was surprisingly pretty good against the run, at least early in this game. I do think that Hodge lost something as the game went on, and he won't be relied upon to play significant snaps is a reality of it if he does make the team, if he's even a game day active, which I'm not sure he is right now. But as the game went on, you know, he he lost his ability to disengage, especially once the tackles were getting their hands on him. And as a smaller guy, you know, you, you would kind of expect that. He did have the sack where he won on the little counter move inside, which is a really nice reaction to the tackle oversetting and and expecting him to try to run the arc again. So that's a really good play for him. That's a positive. And he's clearly done enough, in my opinion, that they need a guy at that position. And if it's a guy that's currently on the roster and it's not a trade, it's not a waiver pickup from somewhere else, then, then I think it is Darius Hodge. And I also thought uh, for the corners, all of the Third corner struggled, except maybe Jalen Davis, who I thought was pretty good. And I also mm-hmm. thought that I, I think this was pretty obvious to everyone watching. Trayvon Henderson had a standout game, but it looks like he got rolled up on, on that Miami touchdown and might have sustained an injury there as the guy who caught the ball landed on his lower leg and ankle and might have turned his ankle there.
0: Yeah, he was diving to, to make a play on the ball and uh, unfortunately wasn't able to. But you're right, he did stand out and he made a couple of nice plays. And I was doing the math and trying to find a way. There's just no path. So no. You, you hopefully one, you hope he's healthy to practice squad, right? Yeah. You know, that's another practice squad candidate. But if you're him and you showed a couple flash plays there and it's against backups, but still, you never know. Um, look, it's when we get into these 53, man, it's going to be so tough and there are so many scenarios. And the other thing I want to mention, Jake, is the 31 other teams. Because we're looking at these receivers and these edge rushers and these guards and these linemen. And there's guys that, are, that the Bengals feel like are better than the guys they're ta- that we're talking about, a, a back-end roster type guys. So it, it, that part of it is really tough. Because let's be honest, we're not watching all 32 teams, three preseason games. I, I haven't watched really any preseason football outside of the Bengals, to be honest with you. You just haven't had the time, right, I'm worried about the Bengals. And that, that's the part of it where Duke Tobin and the scouting department all these guys come in. And uh, it, it, could be, uh, it could be quite a busy couple of days here at Fall Brown Stadium.
1: Got to call up their friends in Buffalo and get one of those guys. Joe Goodberry has been awesome. talking about how good those edge rushers. You were rushers, talking about it. Yeah, yeah. He's, been, he's been talking up those edge rushers in Buffalo. I said, hey, if I call, if I call Mr. Bean and say, I got a six-round pick for you, what am I going to get? Yeah, there's, there's maybe somebody up there that could help the Bengals if they need it. And it looks like they do with Joseph Osai. Obviously, most likely out for the season, Wyatt Hubert not going to play this year, we don't think potentially an injury to Khaled Kareem very thin at the edge right now where they've got Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard, rookie Cam sample who played like this entire preseason game and probably Darius Hodge. And, And depending on Khaled Kareem's health, They're going to need a guy. So we'll see what happens here in the next 24 hours, the next 48 hours as we get close to cut down day and then the moves that immediately follow that cut down to 53. We're going to be back tomorrow as we look at what changed in our 53-man projections. And I feel pretty solid about it, except that Khalid Kareem injury really could throw a wrench into things. Regardless, we'll be back tomorrow to discuss that. Until next time, Bengals fans, Hootay, and have a good one